Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast. This episode is Helpline with Mothercraft nurse extraordinaire, Chris Minogue. If she can't help you, nobody can. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Hello and welcome to Feed, Play, Love. This is Helpline with Chris Minogue. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Chris is our experienced mothercraft nurse who comes in once a week to answer all of your questions. It could be about um, settling your baby, introducing solids. It could be about relationships between siblings. Chris attempts to answer all of your questions. I haven't really heard her not answer one yet. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Chris has over 30 years experience doing this, so you know you're in good hands when you ask her a question. And she also has a book called Bringing Baby Home. Um, So you can ask your questions in a number of ways. If you're watching us live via Facebook, you can pop your comments underneath the video. You can call us live on 1-800-543-772. If you're listening to the podcast, your best bet is to email us, helpline at the parent parentbrand.com.au. We're going to start with Alicia, who has an almost two-year-old, 23 months old. Um, I love listening to your podcast every week. Thank you, Alicia. I have a question. I currently have a 23-month-old son and and am 28 weeks pregnant with our second child. I'm very nervous about how to prepare him for the changes that a new sibling will bring and also how I manage all the changes he'll be going through developmentally. My main worries are obviously introducing him to his new sibling, making it as seamless as possible, but also how, when to introduce him to a single bed. He currently sleeps in a cot. The baby will be in a bassinet, which will give us about six months before we need the cot. But I don't know when to introduce the bed, before the baby's born or after a couple of months, once they've both settled into the new dynamic. Also, do I need to put the bed in his room or set up a new room with his new bed in it and transition the baby to my son's room? So I guess, do you have them separate to begin with or together from the start? He also uses a dummy for sleep, and I remember you saying to cut that out roughly a month prior to transitioning to a bed. So I have that in my mind as well. We have another question, but I'll let you answer that one first. Okay, so the really first, the really easy part to answer is, I think what we'll do is keep him in his cot. Children tend to do better if they're in their cot and they transition to a bed closer to two and a half. So I think this will work really nicely because he'll be in his cot through the winter while the baby's small enough to go in the bassinet. He'll get used to the baby being around and then he'll be that little bit older to help him with the transition into the bed by saying, you know, you're a big boy now and we're going to get you a big boy's bed. So I think we can do that maybe when he's you know, through the winter, say in August or something, would take him out of the cot as long as your baby can stay in the bassinet. So some bassinets are quite small and you have to get the baby out more like 12 weeks and now they're making much bigger bassinets and babies can stay into them in them for about six months. So I think at the moment I would keep him in his cot and we'll have a look at it again once the baby's born and he gets a bit bigger to transfer him into a bed. So leave the bed. Leave him in his cot because that helps to the consistency of bringing a new baby home. So the second thing that happens is getting him ready for it. And as happy and healthy as he is, he can't understand the idea of bringing a baby home. And I think sometimes we over-talk it. So it's like telling him that Santa's coming in January when Santa's not coming till December. So they get a bit panicky. So I answer his questions honestly when he asks about the baby, but I don't go on and on about how you're going to be a big ba- big 
brother and it's all going to be wonderful because maybe it's not. So maybe some kids find it much harder to make that transition. So as you set up a nursery, he'll ask questions about that. So you'll say the baby's cot will be in mummy's room and the baby sleeps in here until he gets a big boy and then he goes into the big cot. Um, so answer them as, as simply as possible. Then once you get closer to your due date, so within about a two-week window of the due date, then we start making visual changes. So we might he might need to go up in a car seat and the baby might need to go in his car seat. Or if you've got a capsule in the car seat, you might have to reverse them so that the, the baby's behind the passenger and the little boy's now behind the driver. So he's getting these visual cues about something's going to change. Baby's bed goes up. In the last two weeks, I take him past the hospital and say, mummy has to go in there to get the baby and she might have to stay a couple of nights, but then we'll all come home together. So we're just giving short sentences about what's going to happen much closer to the time. The trick with his age group is not to change his routine six weeks before the baby comes and six weeks after the baby comes. So we just let everything stop for him in that we don't suddenly start preschool or increase the number of days at daycare or, um, you know, change him out of his room into another room. Those things would be too hard, the transition. They can do it, but if we've got time to think about it, we won't need to do it. So then once, once the baby comes, the actual most difficult thing is going to the hospital, seeing you with a baby and then leaving. So morning visits are really good in the hospital, short periods of time, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Dad's been home for bed, bath and, I mean, sorry, dinner, bath and bed. Really helps him, really helps him to sort of um, stay grounded, that everything's okay. Being looked after at his place, not running off to grandma's place for two days and then off to Auntie Joe's for another couple of days. That just adds to the confusion. And keeping your behaviour around a new baby really natural. So not making too much fuss and bothers. Babies come into families every day, every hour of every day. So don't overthink it too much. When he comes into the hospital, if you're feeding, just say, mummy's feeding the baby. She'll give you a hug in a minute because that's what you need to say when he's, when you're at home with the baby. The baby's in the bed, just say to him, when the baby wakes up, we can give baby Jack a cuddle. So keep it really simple, really natural. And I think you'd be surprised how well it goes. And what about the room? So with the trench, should she, um, after the baby's come out of the bassinet and it's time to... So we'll be about four months down, five months down the track at that point. So that's more about making a big boy's room. But it depends on their rooms and how many rooms they've got. So Mm -hmm. we wouldn't put the two of them together until the baby's much more settled in its feeding and sleeping at night. And that can take six or seven months. So I I don't think it matters, though, what room they're in. So whether you make another room a big boy's room or whether you just take the cot out of his room and put his big boy bed in there, I don't think that matters to them as much as we think that we overthink that they do. Okay. And lastly, have you found that a new sibling arriving pushes back the elder child's toilet training? We aren't toilet training at the moment, but we have lots of conversations about it. And he does have a potty that he sits on. So I don't think he is far away from being ready for this. But I'm concerned whether the baby arriving will make him revert to baby behaviours or whether I'll be juggling life as a new mother to two and also my toddler wanting to toilet train. Um, So the baby's coming in 10 weeks and he will be two and two months, roughly, give or take a week or two. I personally think that's very young for a boy to be toilet training and I think we have plenty of time to toilet train him. 
Um, just because he's sitting on the potty doesn't mean he's ready for toilet training. And talking about it's that same thing. We're talking about it a lot and he's agreeing with you and saying yes. But then when we actually ask him to do it, he's not quite ready for it. So I would think at his age he would be young to toilet train. Um, certainly some kids can, some children can do that. I think it's too close to you having a baby because it it does take them a couple of months to get into toilet training properly, efficiently and doing it themselves. So I think you're going to run out of time. I'd be doing it on the other side. Yeah, I think I toilet trained my son around three or a bit older. Yeah. And when you have a second, my memory of that time is a little bit fuzzy. Yeah. (laughs) So whatever you can do to make your life easier is my idea. That's Alicia. The toilet training thing is the same thing. If you talk it about a lot without doing the visuals, they just think you're talking about anything. They They don't put the two things together. So I would give that, I put that on the back burner for okay. a couple of months and just get a new baby home and get it settled and then worry about that a bit further down the track. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, good luck with that, Alicia. And our next question comes from Emma, who's on the phone. She has a 19 and a half month old. Um, hi, Emma, how are you? Hi, good, thanks, everyone. How are you? Good, thank you. Tell us what's going on for you. Okay, so we have had a bit of a journey. <laughs> he, My son was an okay sleeper up until about eight months. And then uh, we had what I call the dark time um, happen, which is basically eight months to 13 months of hell. Oh, um, no one slept. I, <laughs> no one slept, least of all me. Um, I did a lot of things wrong in that time. Um, you know, I just think I was so sleep deprived I didn't know what yeah, I was doing. So right. feeding to sleep. Um, he was a catnapper. Yeah. So putting him down in the pram for all of his naps. Um, yeah. yeah, just a whole whole heap of naughty things. We started some sleep training yep. and that was very successful. Yep. We got down to about one to sometimes two overnight wakings in 12 hours, um, which I thought was amazing. At but, 13 you know, months, um, that's what you got yeah, down. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so from about 13 months to 18 months, I was up, um, yeah, either once, sometimes twice, and sometimes he would sleep through. So it was a little bit unpredictable. Yeah. Anyway, then we moved house at 18 months, and yep. then in the last um, six weeks, uh, so for the first month, we were, I was getting up sort of two to three times a night. Yep. Um, you know, and then I was like, look, this is three times a night. I can't, I can't be doing this. No. And so two I times a night, started, you can't be doing this either. No, exactly. <laughs> um, so I started night weaning. I did night weaning about 12 nights ago. The first two or three nights were hideous. So night weaning, do you mean that you stopped feeding him? Is that what you were doing before? Yeah. So oh, okay, I, okay. I Yeah, I slipped into the comfort feed <laughs> overnight again, which obviously was naughty, but... Um, <laughs> You're yeah, exhausted. We all do it, yeah, Emma. I can't think clearly. So, um, yeah, I would sort of get him up, um, change his nappy, give him a quick comfort feed for like 10, 15 minutes, pop him back down. And, I, you know, when I was doing that once a night, I was like that. I can manage that. That's yeah. fine. Uh, but, yeah, it's quickly snuck up to three. So I was like, this is ridiculous. Let's put a stop to it. Um, so that's Started fine. 12 like, nights ago. Yeah. So, and then we got down to one overnight waking. Good. Um, I would give him a drink of water, change his nappy, then that was fine. Yep. It, what I have created, though, yes, is now a child who doesn't want to 
go down to sleep at night. He's like hanging on to me yes, that's when right. I do a feed. Yep, as though he knows he's not getting a feed. Oh, for you mean in the hours. evening? In the evening? Yeah, in the oh, evening. Okay. Um, his naps have shortened. Like he used to do sort of an hour and a half, sometimes two hours, whereas now I'm getting an hour and so he's waking up a bit cranky. Um, he's also waking earlier now, so yep. he's waking at he's 6 overtired. or 7 a.m. And, yeah. yeah, he's very overtired as a result. So yeah. he, when he, I was getting up sort of two to three times a night, we were getting 8, 8 to 8.30 to 8 to 8.30 in the morning. So I was getting yeah, 12 but you were hours. Getting up, but you were getting up during the day. During the night. Yeah, during the night. Yeah, yeah. that's right. But, so, yeah, so now I've stopped, um, you know, the, the frequent wakings yeah. overnight, but I'm now getting other issues like fighting, going to bed at night, shorting sure. up and early awakings. Yeah. So, so the early awakening yeah. isn't an early waking. It's just early for him. So waking up between 6 and 7 in the morning is completely normal. And he's yeah, sleeping, technically, yeah. he's sleeping longer because he's only having one wake-up overnight than three wake-ups overnight. The second yeah. thing that I can hear from you is regardless of how many times he wakes up, when he wakes up, you change his nappy, which fully wakes him up and makes it much yeah. harder to get him back to sleep. So it, where, where you've been decreasing your feeds, we haven't actually been teaching him to self-settle. We've just replaced the breastfeed with a water um, yeah. and you still get him up and you still wake him up by changing his nappy so I think you just need to move to the next step which is mm -hmm. to be able to settle him in the bed without getting him out of the bed in terms of changing a nappy and giving him a drink because you replace the one behavior with the other and then the last part is he's 13 and a half months old so he's 19 and a half months old. oh 19 and a half months old so what time yeah. do you give him his one sleep in the day uh so Whatever time he wakes up, yeah. I count, uh, which has always been sort of 8 to 8.30, yeah. I count five hours. So if he's been getting up at 6, I then obviously put him down. At 11 put him down. Yeah. 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 So for a 19-month-old, so, yeah. 20-month-old, they usually go down around 12.30. So if they wake mm -hmm. between 6 and 7 in the morning, they go down at 12.30. So we don't have to count the hours prior to it. It's the hours after it that we count. So say he slept from, say, 12.30 till 2, he would go to bed at 7.30 that night. So if you're still putting him down at 8.30 at night, he's getting mm -hmm. overtired because he's not getting the sleep in the day. So it's sort of unravelling around you and you can't work out yeah. where. That's what it feels like. Where, um, where it's unravelling. If he wakes up at 8.30, though, yep. that sort of – am I still – trying to put him down at 12.30. Is that enough no. wait time? So has he been no. waking at 8.30? Yeah, that's his usual. So his usual bedtime is 8.30 yeah. and then he will wake up at 8.30. So in the last 12 Usually, days. Usually in the last 12 days is where it's been different. In the that's last right. Days, so you have to, it, it, yeah. yeah, so you have to adjust it. It's been 8.30 though. Yeah, yeah. Like but it's, it's been inconsistent. Yeah, but the reason he's been going till 8.30 in the morning because he had three wake-ups overnight so he was tired enough to get to 8.30. Now that he's sleeping a bit better in the day, his day's starting earlier. We have to adjust the whole day because otherwise he'll get overtired. So if he wake, what time did he wake this morning? Oh, you don't want to know, Chris. He woke at, <laughs> he, he woke at um, 10.30 this morning. 10.30. He, he didn't go to sleep until 10 last night. He okay. just fought me and fought me and fought me. Okay. So what do I do with today? Okay. Like, what time would so, I put him down for a nap? 
oh, what time would I put him down tonight? So 10.30, I'd probably put him down, um, oh, this is a tough one, what time do you want him to go to bed? At 8.30 to try and regulate him back again? So yeah, if, I'm happy with that. Then I'd just give him a one-hour sleep between 2 and 3, 2 and 3, okay. 3.30, and then put him, try okay. and put him down again at 8.30 because he's going to get overtired because of the fighting. He lost sleep last night. So it's such a technical thing. And when you're in it, you can't see how to step out of it, which is what you're Um, sort of saying. You're you're in it and you made us, but it's still not quite right. The next thing you have to do is regulate each day. So don't let him oversleep one day and undersleep the next day. So let's say we pick seven o'clock. So this morning I would have woke him at seven o'clock, regardless of what he did overnight, because then when you put him down at 1230, he would have had a better sleep. So then he would make it till 7.30 or 8 o'clock tonight. So maybe pick a a reasonable regulated time to wake him in the morning to try and get the pattern back online again. So if you pick the fact that 12.30 to 2.30 would be the average and that would put him down at night at 7.38, then that would mean if he woke up anywhere between 6.30 and 7 in the morning, once you get him in the right, you know, sleeping through the night, that would be a reasonable pattern for his age. So I think his, his days are going backwards and seesawing backwards and forwards. And so mm. it doesn't help you with the regular pattern. As for the night, mm-hmm. his beautiful one wake up overnight, um, I would do some, so he's used to you picking him up and changing his nappy. So I would probably pick him up, give him her cuddle, um, in the next few nights instead of changing his nappy so it's quieter and softer and not so much that it would wake him up. Give him a little right. cuddle. Um, I'd still give him a drink for the next two to three nights and then I'd put him down, yeah. put my hands on him and give him a little pat because you mm-hmm. can translate that to the 6.30 night problem that you're having or the 8 o'clock night problem that you're having. So we're okay. going to decrease the stimulation overnight and then hopefully in a couple of nights when he cries out, you go in, you can put your hands on him and just pat him, like lay him down and pat him because he's used to feeling you patting him. So you see how you made that transition between the nappy change and the feed. We're now just giving him a little bit of comfort and then we're going to put him down, put our hands on him and give him a little bit more comfort. It sounds nice, but mm-hmm. trust me, 20-month-old <laughs> can really move fast. And yeah. are heavy. So the <laughs> yeah. problem you're having at six o'clock at night is I think he, you've also got an overtired baby and he's not yeah. in that state where he'd relax into the pattern. So at the point at where you're going to feed, um, put him down tonight, you go to the room, you do a few things that you normally would do. And then I'd give him a little cuddle and make him really comfy, cozy on your arms and then put him in. And when you put him in, you keep your hands on him and do some tapping or patting or rubbing, whichever you think he will respond to, so that we start to get a more familiar feel to the uh, um, to the experience of going to sleep. And we might okay. actually, Emma, I'm sorry, we might have to move on. I hope that's enough for you to go on with, and please feel free to call us back next week yeah. or to um, okay. send us an email. Know. Unfortunately, okay. we do have others waiting, but um, no I hope worries. that's enough All for you right. to get on with. <laughs> Okay, thank you so much. Guys. Thanks, Emma. <laughs> Good luck. Bye-bye. Chris Minogue and Helpline on Feed Play Love will be back answering more questions right after this. Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt. 
When you become a parent, you enter an exclusive club. Come on, we've all been there. We've all pushed oh. our children's poo <laughs> down, down the, the drain <laughs> of the shower or bath. One that only other parents and carers can truly understand. The Parent Panel is a weekly podcast that invites adults to ponder the big questions of looking after small children, with more than a bit of humour mixed in. Join us for The Parent Panel wherever you get your podcasts. Now, back to your questions with Helpline and Chris Minogue. We have Kat on the phone. She has a three-year-old who is still waking at night. Hi, Kat. How are you? Hi. Good, thank you. How are you? Good. Tell us what's happening with your little one. Um, so he's never slept. I think I can count the time, three oh, no. times he's ever slept through. So I'm used to it, but I would like a solution if I could. I think it's he, three years is long enough, isn't it? Kat? Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so he, uh, we work full time. Yeah. So he goes to bed yes. later than probably he should. Goes to probably get him to sleep by about eight thirty if we're lucky. Yep. Um, he wakes uh, about four or five hours after he goes to sleep, screaming. Oh. And then he wakes every two hours after that. So oh. and then he's up at five a.m. most days. Oh, um, very grumpy. Yes. As well. so, what about the weekends? Does it change on the weekends? No, it oh, doesn't. Mm. Yeah, okay. it's always been this way. So, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. So, what time does he get home from daycare? Six. Yeah, six to six thirty. But I've got a yeah. six-year-old as well, so she. Oh, so you pick have, her up. Yeah, yeah. So, dinner will be done by seven, seven thirty. Yeah. And if we're lucky, it's. To bed at eight. eight. We've had we've moved my daughter out of the room this with room. him to give her a bit more sleep, which yeah. is working. Um, but he's still screaming. screaming. So yeah. he does when he wakes up four hours later. Does he wake up screaming, or do he, does he end up screaming? No, he actually wakes up screaming, and he doesn't. He is talking uh, moderately, okay. but he doesn't make much sense when he wakes up. I wonder whether he's overtired, and the overtiredness is leading into some night terrors. Well, my daughter suffered from terrible night terrors for yeah. years, and I'm just wondering if that's possibly what. And it then is. the two-hour window seems more like sleep cycles. You know, like two hours. They usually go two hours, two hours ten, uh, two hours twenty. So I think he's then waking on the sleep cycle. Right. Okay. There you go. Yeah. yeah but I think this has probably actually been happening, like most of his sleeping life he's probably suffered from night terrors, consistent waking, all of those types of things. And yeah. it's, have you ever tried to get him to sleep better at night in terms of sitting down and going, right, for the next 10 days we're going to do ABC? Have you ever tried that? I did with my daughter and then we sort of gave up with the second child. <laughs> we might have to reapproach that. Yeah. No, I, I, we did a little bit of control crying and then, um, and then she sorted we just herself ended up out. sleeping on the floor next to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Camping, camping out. Yeah. I wonder how many people. I think all the people who are camping out should put their hand in the air. Um, so I think we need to start. We need to get him to have better sleep. Yeah. And there's not a lot you can do, but he has a very long day because he's starting early and then he's going, like his day must be 14 and a half or 15 hours long. So yeah. you keep getting this little one that's really tired and the only way you're going to recapture that is on the weekend. Where mm -hmm. he can, okay. Does he have a day sleep? Yeah, that's what I was wondering about. Oh, okay. I should start to cut that out. How much does he have? Uh, daycare can be one to two hours and home it's generally two hours. Yeah, if we're lucky. Okay, yeah. so let's let's try weaning the day sleep down mm -hmm. by little half hours every every 
it's, you're going to have to go very gently with this because he's, he's already overtired. Mm. So ask day, do you know what time daycare put him down? Oh, uh, 12 o'clock. Okay. Yeah. And what time do you put him down? Uh, we're trying to do 12. We were doing one. I think it was a bit late, but yeah, yeah we're, we're aiming for 12. Okay. Yeah. So if you can start weaning that down by half an hour lots to you down to an hour mm-hmm. and then yeah. put him down at eight yeah. and see if you do that for a few, for a week, does it correct the behaviour at night? Mm-hmm. And then if it doesn't correct the behaviour at night, then you need to wean him off that one hour sleep by doing a 20 minute, 40 minute little cat nap in a car or yeah. really light sleep Yeah, to see mm-hmm. if we can get him down to sleep. But you've got to be really careful because he's already overtired and it might push him too far. So if you go mm-hmm. slowly with the reduction of the sleep in the day, we want to mm-hmm. see if we just do that, will his nights improve? And mm-hmm. then I think if you can give us a call back after you've done that for a week or two, then we can change the behaviour. Okay. Yeah, okay. Can do that. Yeah, that's achievable. Okay. All right. Well, well good, <laughs> good luck, luck with, with that. that one. Thank you so much. Thank that's you. a pleasure. No worries. Thanks, Kat. All right. Uh, the next question we have comes from Jackie with an 18-month-old. Oh. Uh, my son is big for his age and can be rough with other children. Yep. If we're at the park, he'll walk up to another child and grab them or try to hug them. Aww. When he can't grab their body, sometimes he will try grabbing their hair. Lovely. I don't think he's <laughs> trying to be mean or hurt anyone. It's just his way of saying hello. Is there a way for me to articulate that he needs to be gentle with others or to discipline him? Also, he is still quite pre-verbal. He only has a handful of words. Should I be seeing a speech therapist? It's a challenging age. It certainly it is. It certainly is. <laughs> 18 months are lovely, but they can be challenging. I think his speech is probably okay. He's got a handful of words. They'll come on in the next few months. So I don't think you need to worry about that. But what he might be struggling with is how to transition to play with someone. So he uses his whole body to do that. So he runs in and bowls someone over or I want to give you a hug, but I missed and got your hair. So the first thing is it doesn't sound like it's coming from a place of malice. Now, they can definitely do intentional behaviour where they literally look at a child, walk up and bite them. That's very intentional. And that's what I would discipline. What I would do for a few days is hover fairly close to him so that when you see him trying to interact with children, you can help him make that transition to doing it. So you could do something like there's a group of kids with cars at the park and he wants to get in there. Um, As he's walking towards them, go up to him, take him by the hand and say, would you like to play with the boys with the car? And what that's doing is just slowing his behaviour down so that he doesn't bowl into there and knock someone over. So I'd hover around and give him a little bit of help in making that transition. If he wants to go up the swing, I mean up the slippery dip, although he's 18 months, he probably still want to go up the slippery dip, goes up the slippery dip and they're all waiting in line. You need to come close to him, hold his hand. We are waiting. We are waiting to get on our line. So I think if you can help him make those transitions till he gets a little bit more maturity and a little bit more speech, you'll find that the grabbing and pushing and pulling will decrease. Once he's done the grabbing or pushing, then go up to him and just say, we use gentle hands and then, you know, so gentle hands, we don't push, we don't pull, whatever the thing is that he's done. And then maybe just get him to sit with you for a minute and then take him back and help him with that transition again in how to get into that activity. And you'll probably find it'll settle down in the next few months. 
Good luck, Jackie. Uh, we've got time for one last question. It comes from Anna on the phone. Uh, she has a 10-month-old. Hi, Anna. How are you? How are you? Good, thank you. Tell Chris Good. what's going on. Oh, hi, Chris. Thanks hi. for um, doing this for me. No problem. Um, look, I just have a question about my, she's a little girl, um, almost 11 months, so 10 months and three weeks. Yeah. Um, and... I had okay, it's always about sleep with me, but um, I had an okay time with her, you know, from birth until maybe seven, eight months where yep. I'd put her down in the evening and she'd sleep like consistently for three or four hours and then I'd feed her and then I'd go to bed um, and then she would wake maybe once or twice and it was okay. Like yep. I was fine with that. Yep. She's breastfed exclusively um, and she's never taken a bottle. So no um, solids. Oh, solid, yes. So, oh, right, okay. yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. She's breastfed twenty four hours. <laughs> yeah. But what I meant by that is she's no bottle. Like she's okay. never taken it from anyone. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so that's been a little bit difficult. But anyway, so my issue at the moment is about, um, I'd say, four to five weeks ago. Yep. She um, basically is waking through the night every. Often every hour and a half, yep. hour, hour and a half to two hours. Yep. Um, and the only thing I can seem to do to get her back to sleep is to feed her. Yep. Um, and I've tried, you know, rocking her, patting her, yep. picking her up. I've tried kind of, um, I've basically tried everything, walking her around the room, changing a nappy. Um, and she just basically wriggles down me until yes. like, until, until she, she gets, gets to the where she needs to be. Yes, and then she'll go back to sleep and I'll put her back to sleep and that's it. So the other issue is that she's consistently been a morning waker at 5.30, yep. 5.30 always, my whole life that I've had her. <laughs> um, and so I'm just getting exhausted because I'm up all yep. night basically. And okay. last night, two nights ago, she was up at three for an hour, happy yep. as anything. And last night she was up at... 2.30 and I gave her Panadol because she seemed uncomfortable. She just had her first teeth come through about three weeks ago. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm just not okay. quite sure what's going on. So in her day, does she have three breastfeeds and three meals? In her day, she'd probably have four breastfeeds okay. and three meals. Okay. Um, so yeah. we want to start to regulate that so that she understands that the breastfeeds are for feeds so that we can wean right. her off the breastfeeds at night, which are more for comfort. Right. So yeah. Yeah. so if you can get down to like a breastfeed and, and breakfast, then um, lunch and a breastfeed, then dinner and a breastfeed, so sort of yeah. into that classical breakfast, lunch, dinner pattern, Yeah. Um, yeah. then that's going to help this because mm -hmm. then we're going to have to wean her off her nights. Now, um, can I ask when your partner gets up to settle her, what oh, does he do? Uh, no, that hasn't never happened. Yes, well, here comes a whole new exciting episode. Yeah. So when she sees you, it's really mm -hmm. difficult if she's always been breastfed to sleep to associate yes. to anything else with you. So what I would yes. do over three nights, and you might have yes. to slowly explain this to your partner, that usually I get them to get up before midnight and resettle yep. her. Right. So that you've got a window in the evening. So whether he goes in there and rocks and pats her and she's yep. not going to like it because, you know, he hasn't no. got those things that work for her. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. He can rock, he can pat, he can cuddle, he can put down, he can do whatever he needs to do. But what we're doing is breaking that first feed cycle. Okay. Right. Okay. So yep. if he can do that till midnight, then he can go mm -hmm. to bed till from midnight till six. Yep. And then we're going to try and get her down to one feed overnight. So we get okay. her down to one feed. So at any yep. point after midnight, we're going to give her yep. a feed yep. and then put her to bed. And then from that feed down, 
you yes. have to resettle her, which will be much harder than whatever he's going to experience. Right, okay. Because okay. you'll need to put like a big T-shirt on to be able right. to settle her without feeding her. Yes, so okay. So get okay. her down to one feed. Mm-hmm. Get her on the one feed for about three and to no four nights. And no feeds from putting her down in the evening and no. midnight. Nothing, no. okay. No. So, so she shouldn't need that at all. No, she doesn't need no. feeds overnight. So we're right. sort of just weaning them down, so right. to speak. Right, okay. Okay. So to wean her down, she's got to get another skill for comfort other than breastfeeding. So that's what yeah. you're doing with the rocking and the patting. Okay. So okay. then you get to the one feed, you do that for four or five nights, and then you're yep. going to give her the same message all night where you're going right. to help her self-settle or get right. her to settle or get her to yep. settle to sleep. And yep. then from that, we have to teach her to self-settle. But if you get to that point, then you can give us a call back and from wherever you're at, we will yes. then work on a pattern of her self-settling. Okay. Uh, hello, she sounds really <laughs> yeah. happy. Yeah. <laughs> she sounds very nice. She, she is for, for a baby who doesn't sleep a lot and actually she only has two 20-minute naps a day. Oh, so she's uh, overtired she, when she goes oh, to she bed. Just, she doesn't sleep. Like yeah. I, she just does not sleep by herself during the day. She no. sleeps on me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that'll be our next thing is to put her down. But I think this needs to be done yeah. in two steps, not one big colliding episode yeah, of yeah. self-settling. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So I, I need to write my partner in, basically. Yep. Okay. Mm. Yep. Tell him slowly, maybe if with it, alcohol. If it's any, if it's any help at all, Anna, um, I was exactly the same with my first. Yep. And by the time yep. I had my second, um, yeah. I'd been talking to Chris, and I, yeah. at, at six months, I said to him. Uh, okay, now Arla has to sleep through the night and I can't settle him at all because he will want to feed. That's exactly right. And so I, just, I was much tougher on the second, yeah. Anna, if that is any consolation. And you were much tougher on your partner. I was, yes. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I wasn't really tough on the – like Arla still got Ella. cuddles. It was all about, no, mate, you're up, mate. I yeah. am in bed. And I just kept saying, Chris said. Yeah. So feel yeah. free to use that. that. And, yeah, and the yeah, other yeah. line that I use is parenting is a wee job, not an eye job. Okay. All right. Perfect. So, good luck with that. Th- thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the That's advice. Pleasure. Good luck, Anna. Thank, <laughs> thank you. you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. All right. Well, that's all we have time for uh, for this episode of Fee Play Love and Helpline. If you're watching live along the on the Babyology Facebook page, a big thank you to all your questions. Sorry we didn't get to all of them. It's very busy today. If you've been listening to us via the podcast but would like to ask Chris your questions live, you can join us every Friday at 11.30 on the Babyology Facebook page. That's Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. And just search for Babyology on Facebook. We'll be there. You can write your questions in the comment section or you can call in live. We do like that. It gives you yeah. a much more uh, greater opportunity to ask Chris your questions. The Helpline hotline is one 800 Chris, thank you so much for your time. Always a pleasure. This has been Helpline on Feed, Play, Love, hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. If you want to ask Chris your questions for the next episode, you can email them to us directly. The email is helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. Next time on Feed, Play, Love, we're talking to Amy Dawes from the Australasian Birth Trauma Association about birth trauma. How do you define birth trauma? Um, Well, birth trauma is, we say it's in the eye of the beholder. So for one person, what could look like a really straightforward birth can actually cause great distress to another person. Amy is all about connecting women and supporting them if they've been through a traumatic experience. That's on the next episode of Feed, Play, Love. 
This podcast is produced by Elise Cooper and hosted by me, Siobhan Hunt. 